Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging market executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that helps power their emerging markets business strategies. Today, we'll discuss the latest developments in the CIS region and the outlook for the region for 2017. We have recently published our report on the outlook for CIS for 2017, which clients can access on the portal. My name is Marta Massage, and I'm a Client Relationship Director for EMEA here at our London office, and will be moderating today's discussion. Joining me is Mark McNamee, our Senior Analyst for Eastern Europe. As a reminder, this research and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. So, Mark, let's start by discussing what's been going on in the region. I recently saw just this past week that the president of Uzbekistan died. Can you shed some light on that situation and what it means for the region? Right. That was a uh, headline people saw in the West here. They're not too uh, typically informed about events in Central Asia or, or Uzbekistan in particular. But uh, the president there, Islam Karimov, had been the president since uh, really the Soviet time. So he was the president of the Uzbek Soviet Republic back in the late 80s at the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, he then became president and has been president for the past 25 years. Uh, he was aged in his late 80s, uh, so there had been rumors of his, uh, of his health declining in, the, in past years and, and questions, of course, uh, over succession issues. And this succession issue is precisely uh, one of the downside risk scenarios that we uh, that we discuss in our CIS regional outlook for 2017, because uh, there are several other aged leaders within the region. In particular, with it with Uzbekistan, uh, we do expect as a base case sort of a continuation of the same that there will likely be a smooth transition of power. But this is, of course, a a threat potentially since. A lot of these countries, in Uzbek- Uzbekistan in particular, have not dealt with the leadership transition. And so it still remains somewhat of a question of how the, the internal uh, balance of power will uh, materialize, so to speak, uh, in the coming months. Uh, it looks like the current prime minister will take power, but it, it's still currently uh, unknown. And yes, Uzbekistan is somewhat of a worrisome situation. They have a very large population, a rather impoverished popula- population, um, some signs of uh, underground uh, Islamist movements. They've never had a leadership change before, as I mentioned, uh, no clear succession plan. So uh, it is a little bit worrisome, something our clients should be keeping their eye on. Uh, but more generally for the region, this is also something our clients should be paying attention to in other countries. In particular, uh, I would mention Kazakhstan or, or Belarus, for that matter. Uh, President Lukashenko in Belarus is, is rather old and has been in power likewise since, uh, since the Soviet times. So uh, before we go any further, uh, can you please clarify which countries are included in CIS? Right, and, and it's good to start defining this right off the bat here. So going from east to west, uh, you would start with Central Asia, so the, the Stan countries, so to speak. So Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and Turkmenistan. Then moving across the Caspian Sea into the Caucasus, you have Armenia, Azerbaijan, and Georgia. And then into Eastern Europe, you have Belarus, Ukraine, and Moldova. And these are part of what are so-called CIS or the 
Commonwealth of Independent States, which these are 11 uh, uh, former republics of the former Soviet Union. We do not include Russia in our uh, CIS regional outlook since we have uh, several other reports already dedicated specifically to the Russian market. But this is our primary product, which focuses on CIS. And CIS is uh, legitimately quite a large market in and of itself. Uh, over 120 million people when you add up all the populations. Fairly large, fairly sizable GDP as well. Uh, so when looking at the market as a whole, as opposed to its individual 11 countries, uh, it does become uh, a pretty sizable uh, market with some decent investment opportunities. So uh, I understand that this region has struggled in recent years from the fall in commodity prices, but what do we expect for next year? Mm-hmm. And, and the commodity price collapse has really hurt this region and sort of defined its, its growth trajectory over the last couple of years. Uh, energy exporters, of course, were hurt the most. So Kazakhstan and Azerbaijan saw uh, really a lot of damage come to their economy last year, primarily by watching their pegged currencies move to floating currencies and then uh, depreciate really significantly, some of the worst performing currencies uh, in 2015. Uh, we've seen some conti- the continued weak Tenge in Kazakhstan and the weak Minat in Azerbaijan. We've seen that continue this year, uh, in which case we've seen a good amount of inflation uh, and, and drops in consumer spending, and not just in those countries, but, but across the entire region. Uh, the energy importers themselves, so taking Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Armenia, Georgia, among others, uh, were also hurt, but indirectly more so. They were hurt primarily because of the drop in demand uh, of exports going into Russia. So sort of indirectly hurt because of Russia's pain felt from the drop in energy exports. And then also in the drop in remittances. A lot of these countries are very dependent upon uh, remittances into their country, in particular Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan. And, And these are one of the biggest engines for uh, purchasing power and, and consumer spending in general uh, for these countries. So, so that drop really hurt even these energy uh, importers. That said, the energy importers, of course, did perform better last year and, and have performed better this year than the energy exporters overall. And so more directly for 2017, we'll see some of these trends continue. When, uh, in particular, as we see energy prices rise a bit, we expect energy prices to rise by about 5 to $10 a barrel compared to the annual average of this year. The annual average this year was around 40 to $45 a barrel is our anticipation. Next year, we expect it to rise closer to $50 a barrel, in which case that will take some of the pressure off. That, that should help inflation come down a little bit as, as some of these, uh, the, the depreciation pressure on some of these currency subsides. Uh, and then consumer spending can can rebound somewhat. Likewise, government spending can, can improve a bit as well as, as a lot of these countries see slightly, at least slightly improving uh, government, government revenues from these energy exports. So that'll aid the, the growth in the energy exporters uh, directly. And energy importers will see continued improvements as well, particularly as Russia, Russian growth returns. They'll start to see hopefully at least a stagnation of the remittances, uh, no further contraction uh, in remittances like these countries saw over the last two years, and also hopefully some increased uh, Russian demand for, for their exports. Um, so overall, looking at the region for all 11 countries, we will see the, the region emerge from the recession it, it suffered uh, in 2016 and start to grow again, growing by uh, slightly over 2% is our forecast for next year. So as it emerges, where is the growth story? What, what countries actually offer the best opportunity? Right. So, so looking at the region more broadly, one of the main strategies that we're advising our clients is to sort of look to offset some of the weak growth. Um, which is in 
some of those traditionally higher growing markets. So take Russia, take Kazakhstan, take Azerbaijan. Those countries will next year only grow by probably about 1% roughly. Azerbaijan may see only stagnation if oil prices don't rise enough, could see further contraction of their economy. But you can offset some of that growth in those traditionally higher growing markets with year-on-year stronger growth in some of the smaller markets. So maybe it might be advisable to reorient your focus from sending more money and investments into, say, Azerbaijan or Kazakhstan, and maybe look more at Georgia or, or Armenia or Moldova, which those countries have some risks in and of themselves, but are seeing much stronger growth, 3 4 and, uh, and over 4% growth um, this year, and saw much stronger growth uh, in 2016 uh, than a, a lot of the countries in the region. Looking more at those traditional stronger growing countries, Kazakhstan has the strongest potential likely of the markets in the region. They will start to see uh, stronger growth now this year. They will stagnate at best or a potential small contraction of growth. Next year, we will see clear growth. A lot of this driven by uh, the increase in government spending, but we won't see broad level growth across the entire country. Uh, That will come in a couple of years, but for next year, what we're advising clients operationally, sort of as a strategy, is to um, really increase their geographical and and customer segmentation. Uh, There is a lot of wealth within Kazakhstan, as there is a lot of wealth, say, in Baku, in in Azerbaijan. So they can really sort of target those specific parts of the country, those more resilient consumers, the aspiring consumers uh, in the larger cities where there still is a lot of wealth uh, to be had. So that's sort of our general advice, is to increase your focus. Uh, increase your geographical and customer segmentation um, in some of these traditionally higher growing markets and and still see some gains. Sure. So what are the biggest risks, though, in the coming year? Mm -hmm. And and there are a few to consider. Uh, Remember our base case scenario for the region, uh, which we are really quite confident in, still sees uh, the region growing by over 2% next year. Um, However, there are, of course, some risks. So The first and the biggest risk, of course, is the potential for energy prices to remain low. So we anticipate energy prices to average around $40 to $45 a barrel this year. If energy prices stayed at that level next year or fell below $30 a barrel and averaged that for the year, that would put a lot of pressure on these countries. And we would see a return to recession, most likely in several of the countries in the region, Uh, in particular Azerbaijan, I I would note. Aside from sort of the commodity prices, there is the continued political risk question. So that's how we started the podcast, discussing Karimov uh, in Uzbekistan. Obviously, Uzbekistan is facing the most political risk at the moment. We still are relatively confident and optimistic that the base case will remain, that the country will sort of move through this period uh, successfully, and there will be a smooth transition that shouldn't affect the economy too much. Uh, But there is, of course, the downside risk that things in Uzbekistan could go in the wrong direction, or likewise in other countries that are facing pretty significant political risk. Um, Tajikistan and uh, Kyrgyzstan in particular are extremely reliant on remittances from Russia. Uh, At one point, Tajikistan uh, relied on remittances for 50% of its GDP, Kyrgyzstan around 30 to 40% of its GDP historically. So now that we've seen such a steep contractions in in remittances over the last two years, the very slow return to growth, if we see any growth in remittances in 2017, um, still leaves the country very vulnerable to uh, further economic downturn and then, of course, the potential for spillover into the political arena. So those are two countries to look out for. Georgia is facing elections uh, here in the next month. 
uh, Armenia, Moldova, while they're, those three countries are all seeing nice growth this year and next year, do have some underlying political issues to be dealt with that, in a downside scenario, would negatively impact the, the investment environment. Aside from that, though, I've, of course, just risked all the downside risks. Uh, we are quite confident in our base case and think it is rather unlikely that any of these risks would necessarily materialize, as we described the risks in the report. And if they were to materialize, that they would uh, really notably impact the markets negatively and affect your operations and affect growth trajectories. Thank you, Mark. That was very interesting. Uh, Those are all my questions for now. Uh, As a reminder to our clients, you can speak with Mark or any of our FSG analysts by simply reaching out to your client relationship director. You can also access FSG's reports on the CIS region and in-depth market spotlights on the Ukraine, Belarus, Kazakhstan, and Azerbaijan markets on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.